Well, good morning. Good morning for those of you that are in the house and good morning for those of you that are at your house. Uh, this is definitely an interesting day and uh, something that's happening that is really remarkable, not just in Orlando, but across the nation and around the world. I wanna say to uh, those, I posted on Facebook Live this morning and invited folks to, to join me uh, for a watch party. And so for those of you that are part of my watch party, hey, I know I have an had an opportunity to, uh, to post anything. And part of that is because my phone is over there and I'm over here. But uh, thanks for those of you that are in Florida, for those of you that are in Wisconsin, for those of you that are around the world, for my friends in Illinois that are watching. Uh, we're glad that we can uh, be able to connect with you in this way. It's just a cool time that we live in, uh, that we, through technology, that, uh, that the, church can, the church can go forward uh, around the world. I want to talk to you this morning about the subject of fear. Seems kind of timely, doesn't it? Let me ask you a question. How many of you got into a fist fight over toilet paper this week? Not something that you would expect to happen. Uh, would, would you agree with me? In fact, I will tell you this. Um, and, and, you know, confession is good for the soul. In, in reading this just crazy run on toilet paper, I, I said to Jody uh, this week, I said, hey, Jody, I said, um, if you're going to the store, get some toilet paper because there's some things you just don't want to run out of, right? And uh, did not realize that, uh, my wife is really good about making sure our house is stocked, so I didn't realize that we already had a decent supply of toilet paper. So we currently have about two years supply of toilet paper at our house. So if you're in the Orlando area and you'll run out, give us a call. We'll be more than happy to bring some by. By the way, we're not as bad as a family in Australia. They ordered toilet paper and they thought they were ordering 40 rolls of toilet paper. And instead what they were doing is they were ordering 40 cases of toilet paper. Uh, and so their entire uh, garage is now filled with toilet paper. And uh, my understanding is they're auctioning it off and they're gonna give the money to their, to their school. You know, God's word says over and over again. In fact, we see it in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, or 43rd chapter, in Isaiah 43, 1, it says, you don't have to be afraid. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? You don't have to be afraid. Fear, while fear is an emotion, we choose whether or not we lean into that and whether we give in to fear, whether we allow ourselves to be a slave to fear, or if instead we embrace truth. Because here's what, here's what Jesus said. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So the question I have for you this morning as you, as you watch the news, as you listen to all these different issues, are you driven by panic or are you dialed into purpose? Are you operating in faith or have you surrendered to fear? Because that really is the key, isn't it? Listen, we've gone through, as a people, we've gone through situations like what we find ourselves with with COVID-19. We've gone through this over and over again. In fact, not too long ago, we had the issue of SARS, right? And uh, SARS was going to be the pandemic that was going to be the end of the world as we know it. Uh, we had MERS. MERS was going to be the end of the world uh, that we know it. We, we've faced this over and over and over again. And here's what we find. We find this, that God continues to be faithful. He continues to be faithful. And I want to challenge you in that this morning. Now, there are some things that we need to be mindful of. 
Okay, and I'll give you an example. So this morning I am speaking in a predominantly empty room and the reason I'm speaking in a predominantly empty room is this, that the, 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 the Florida government, both the governor and our local mayors uh, asked for groups of 250 or larger uh, to not meet in a public setting. And uh, most of you know this, uh, so our church sanctuary, our room seats about 4,000. We don't typically have 4,000 people here on Sunday, uh, but we are well beyond that 250 number. And so knowing that they had asked us to do so, it's one thing to ask me to do something, it's another thing to tell me to do something. And so, you know, we were, listen, we appreciate the fact that you want us to do this, but we don't wanna give in to hysteria. But when we were asked individually, um, if we would consider uh, being, setting an example, uh, we really didn't have a, a choice because God's word does say in Romans 13, it says that we're supposed to submit to governing authorities. And so for the next three weeks, we're gonna do ministry in a very creative way. Uh, knowing that God's going to use it. But our response, I wanna make this very clear, our response is not a response of fear. It's, it's a response of, of wisdom and it's a response of faith. Because here's what fear does. Here's what happens when you give in to fear. And, and there's, a, there's a great example of this in Exodus chapter 14. So we just sang this song, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. And obviously that's a reference to the children of Israel walking through the Red Sea, and, 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 and stepping as, as they're stepping on dry land, Scripture tells us. And yet, very shortly afterwards, we find the children of Israel completely freaking out. They're in panic. Listen to what it says in, in, in Exodus 4.11. It says this, that the children of Israel said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Okay, they are... They are, they are freaking out, right? Actually, this, this scripture is just before they go across the, 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 the Red Sea. It's when they freak out about food is right after they go across the Red Sea. But notice this, notice that what fear can do, fear can really, it can shift us from being positive, from being um, affirming, uh, from being sympathetic, from being heartwarming, to being uh, cold and dist uh, distant and even sarcastic. Can you, can you sense the sarcasm in what they say here in Exodus 4.11? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt, Moses, that you brought us out here into the desert to die? That's what fear will do. Fear will take you from a disposition of joy to a place of frustration and angst and even, even significant um, irritability, so much so that we become unkind. We become unkind to ourselves. We become unkind to the people around us. Why, we can even become unkind to God. That's the impact that fear has on us. Not only will it make us sarcastic, it'll also, it'll cause us to push away from responsibility and shirk our part in where we're at. Notice, notice what they say there in Exodus 4.11. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Two million people. And let's be honest, did Moses take the Egyptians, and did he, or, or the Israelites rather, and did he force them to leave Egypt? Did, the, did he have all of them held by gunpoint? No, this, listen, this was, this was something that they had hoped for, this is something they had prayed for, this is something they had longed for. They, they were counting on someone to come and deliver them. And when Moses came and said, listen, this is God's plan. God's plan is to take you from this place of bondage, to take you to the place of the promised land. 
You can be confident that the Israelites, that they were, they were ecstatic about this. They were, they were all in. They, they believed that this was a fulfillment of the promise that God had given and the hope that they had leaned into for, for, for generations. But in that moment, in that moment where opportunity is replaced by anxiety, where confidence is lost and fear steps in, they become sarcastic and they also, rather than accepting responsibility for their situation, they're going to blame somebody else. The reason that I'm in this spot, Moses, is because you did this to me. The reason that we're in this spot is because the government isn't, isn't uh, operating in the way they should, or the medical community isn't operating in the way they should, or this particular people group, or this particular individual. And it's very easy for us in those moments when, when fear steps in, it's real easy for us to lean into cynicism and sarcasm and to shirk responsibility and then also to become very rigid, right? And to become uh, very unsympathetic and even, even stubborn. Look, look at what it says in the next verse in, in, in Exodus 4.12. It says this, didn't we say to you while we were still in Egypt, leave us alone let us serve the Egyptians. Now there's nowhere, by the way, there's nowhere in the story, there's nowhere in the narrative that they do this. There, there's nothing that indicates that they actually made that statement. When, when Moses comes and Moses says, listen, God has a plan for you and, and this understanding, this belief that you have embraced for generation to generation, this belief that God is faithful and that he's deliverer, the time has come, God has heard your cries, he's seen your suffering, and he's gonna take you from a place of bondage to a place of freedom. He's gonna take you from a place of slavery into a promised land, a land that's flowing with milk and honey. They were all in, they were ready to go. But yet, when they, in the moment they see that there's potential difficulty, the moment there's an environment that fosters fear, here's what they do. They operate in, in revisionist understanding, and they, and they make statements like, wait a minute, we didn't even want to come anyway. Didn't we tell you when you came to Egypt, we're good. We love our life. We love operating as slaves. We love operating in bondage. That's what fear will do. Fear will cause you, friend, it'll cause you to lose perspective. It'll cause you to walk away from hope. It'll sap the energy that you have. It is not God's desire, it's not God's plan for you to operate in fear. Even when we find ourselves hearing words like pandemic, when, when they're talking about issues of mortality rate, when, when, there's, when there's discussion about, about the hospital system being overwhelmed. And understand that none of this has happened. And in fact, in the areas uh, around the world where this issue of COVID-19, where it's blown up and become a real hot spot, you know, there is, there is no violence in the streets. There, there aren't people being, being left in halls and, and, and gurneys. None of that is taking place. But what happens is this, is we go to worst case scenario. By the way, for those of us that live, live in Florida, we, we understand this because we deal with this on a related level. We deal with this every year starting in early May, don't we? 
right? Because in early May, here's what happens. Every year, it's the start of hurricane season. Do you have your emergency supplies ready? Are you prepared if a Category 5 comes down your street next week? And, and we'll, we'll make sure. Now, here's what is important if you live in Florida or if you live in a hurricane zone. It is important that you be prepared. So if you were to come to our house, you know what you're going to find in our garage? We have a generator sitting there. Let me tell you what I don't have. I don't have a thousand gallons of fuel sitting there. And here's the reason why. Because there's not a hurricane scheduled this week. There's not one forecast for next week. Um, There's nothing that shows in the next month. So here's what I've done. I've made sure that that I've taken the necessary steps to operate in wisdom should the situation occur. But I'm not going to panic prematurely. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be given to fear because God's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear does not come from the Lord. Because fear has these negative consequences connected to it. Right? It makes us sarcastic. It causes us to shirk responsibility. It causes us to become stubborn. And here's the big thing that fear does. Fear causes because we lose perspective. Fear causes us to be very short-sighted. Listen to what they say in in, in Exodus 4.12. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, they, they gathered everything that they had and they're making their way out of Egypt into the promised land. They know the promises of God. And they've seen the hand of God. They, they, they know God's track record. And God proves himself over and over and over again to be true. For those of us that are gathered here at Calvary this morning and for the many that are watching uh, via media around the world, you know this. You've seen God show up faithfully over and over and over and over again. There are, there are people around the world that are joining you watching this video this morning that can talk about how God has dramatically, very clear that it's God, how God has dramatically healed them. And yet, we find ourselves fearful of this latest medical issue. We can we can over and over again, we can testify how God has miraculously provided. And yet you're watching this morning, you're listening this morning, and, and one of the big areas of anxiety for you is you're not so worried about becoming deathly ill, but you are worried about, okay, what is, as, as companies scale back, as, as even in, in Orlando, as, as, uh, as companies like Walt Disney World and, and, and SeaWorld and Universal and, and, and associated companies, as they say, listen, we're going to close down for the month of March. You start thinking, okay, how's this going to affect my paycheck? How's this going to affect my business? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to feed my family? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. That that company is not your source. What it is, it's a, it's a resource. That's what it is. It's a resource. You know, when I was a, when I was a little guy, we, we grew up um, in the, and we had outside of our front door for probably the first six, seven years of my life, we had this little metal box. 
right? And, uh, and on the outside of that box, it said Puck's Dairy. Anybody else, do you guys have those middle, little metal boxes? Remember those? And, and yours probably had a different name on the front of it. But you know, what, you know what that little metal box was there for? You could go out every morning, and what you would find in that little metal box was two, for us, because there were eight kids living at home, so we drank a lot of milk. There would be two-gallon jugs of milk. By the way, they were in glass. Plastic, milk and plastic, there's something wrong. I believe that milk and plastic is of the devil, but that's a whole different sermon. But I would go out, and for me, let me tell you something. As a four-year-old, as a five-year-old, for me, my understanding was milk came from that metal box, right? And if I were to go out there and, and that metal box was empty, something would be wrong. If I would go out and that metal box would be, would be gone, I would be devastated. Why? Because in my limited understanding, that was the source of my milk. You know what I learned as I, as I, as I got a little bit older and a little bit better educated? That milk doesn't come from metal boxes, by the way, if you're watching and you're unclear, let me help you. It comes from cows. Just want to let you know. And so that metal box, it was not the source. What it was, it was a resource. And we have all these different resources in our world today. And yes, situations can adversely affect the resources. But here's the good news is that the source cannot be affected. The source is unchanged. And what that means is this. It means that we can stand on God's promises when he says he will supply for all of our needs. So scripture says, it doesn't say that he'll supply some of our needs. It says he'll supply all of our needs. He's got us. So we shouldn't give in to fear. We shouldn't allow fear to cause us to become sarcastic or, or to shirk the responsibilities that we have or to become stubborn or, or even short-sighted. In fact, here's what Jesus said about fear. I want you to go to a, another portion of Scripture. We've, we've looked at, at Exodus uh, uh, at chapter uh, 14. I want to go to uh, Mark chapter 6. And, and Jesus in his in his, in his first public re, publicly recorded sermon, he talks about this issue of fear. And this is what he says in, in verse number 25 of Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Well, that seems pretty timely for today, doesn't it? Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. He's got you. You know, Worry will not add one day to your life. It won't do it. He's numbered your days. God has you. And I promise you, he's not going to call you to heaven one day early. He's also not going to bring you there one day late. And he has already, God has already put everything in motion to provide everything you need for every step that you're supposed to take. And so we don't have to be slaves to fear. Instead, we, we, it is good for us to remind ourselves, especially on days like today, to remind ourselves that we're children of God. Because here's what Jesus says. Jesus says that fear is unreasonable. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more, more than food and, and the body more than clothes? He says it's, it's, it's unreasonable. Not only is it unreasonable, it's unnatural. Listen to this. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? God has you. 
and he's going to take care of you. One of the questions that I heard here um, in the last couple of days, people asking the question, what about, my, what about my cat? Well, I heard that cats can get COVID. I'm just saying. But dogs, not, not so much. By the way, that's not true. That's not true. Your cat's fine. And uh, I just say that. You guys know this. I love cats on a stick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm cat lovers. Listen, you, I, I love cats. I, I really do. And so, but I love dogs more, a lot more actually. I'm a big dog fan in case you didn't know. But pe- people are wondering, you know, what about, what about my, listen, they're, they're safe. By the way, here's another thing. Have you guys been getting these emails from all these different companies about companies that really don't have anything to do with health issues, right? And, and you're, getting, you're getting emails. I got an email from a rental car company and wanting, wanting me to know that they're concerned about my safety during, um, during COVID-19. The, my, my favorite one is, and for those of you that are watching outside of Florida, uh, this company won't mean as much to you, but those of us living in Florida, we know this company called Pinchapenny. And uh, Pinchapenny is a company that prov- provides uh, pool supplies. So it's where I buy uh, all of the chemicals that I put in my pool and where I buy, I have a saltwater pool and the saltwater actually produces an, a natural chlorine. And so I got, a, I got an email uh, the other day on Friday from Pinchapenny and man, I was relieved because here's what they told me. Pinchapenny told me that, uh, that chlorine will kill strains of the coronavirus. And so as long as I properly maintain my pool, uh, that I can get into my pool and it's a, it's a good, it's a sterile environment. So for the next three weeks, if you're looking for me, I'm going to be in my backyard in the pool. And by the way, if, uh, if you don't have anything else to do, give Jody R and I a call. You can come over. Uh, and as long as you're willing to go through a Purell mist uh, before you get in the pool, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you come and hang out with us. Um, I, just think it's a, I just think it's a smart thing to do. And so for the sake of keeping um, all of you healthy, all of my friends healthy, uh, I will be in the pool this afternoon. Just thought I would let you know. So fear, here's what it is. Scripture tells us that fear is, it's, 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 it's unreasonable, it's unnatural, it's also unhelpful. Matthew six twenty seven. can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I got good news for you. Fear is, it's, it's unnecessary. Listen to Matthew 6.30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So, so we, see that, we see that fear has an adverse effect on us and, and, and it's not good. And, and we, we, we can hear what, what Jesus says to us about fear, that it's unreasonable, that it's unnatural, that it's unhelpful and it's, it's unnecessary. So what do we do about it? What, what's God's answer for fear? So a, a scripture that's often quoted, but uh, it, can, it can lose its significance when you pull it out of context, is what, what Jesus says in, in Matthew 6.33. Now you've heard this over and over again, right? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? You're familiar with that scripture. Now recognize, when Jesus makes that statement, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's making that, he's coming immediately out of talking about this issue of anxiety, talking about this issue of fear. So uh, Matthew, Matthew 6, 25 to Matthew 6, 30, he tells us, 
Fear is it's an unreasonable position. It's, 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 it's unnatural, it's unhealthy, it's unhelpful, and it's unnecessary. And so he talks about this. And then he says, therefore, or having this understanding about how fear impacts you and why fear isn't helpful, here is instead the posture you should take. This is, this is the way that you should look at things. This is the approach that you should have in life. And he says, therefore, or instead, seek ye first the kingdom of his God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So, what's God's answer to fear? Put God first in everything. Put God first in everything. In fact, if you've been around me at all, you've heard me say this, that the areas in our life that tend to be the greatest anxiety or the greatest fear areas, that tend to be the greatest stress areas for us, are the areas that we have not surrendered to God. In fact, show me an area where you are consistently stressed, I'm going to show you an area that in all likelihood you've not surrendered to God. Uh, uh, relationship stress. Relationship stress oftentimes is evidence of a relationship that's not surrendered to God. Financial stress. Financial stress is often a sign that we have not surrendered our finances, that we haven't said, God, I'm going to operate in a biblical understanding of stewardship. Right? Life stress. Occupational stress. Worried about, worried about, worried about how I'm doing positionally in my job. Is he Lord of your career? So when we, when we put God first in everything, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all of these things, God, God says this, if you put me first, I'll take care of all of these things and all these things will be added unto you. So, so put God first in everything, number one. Here's God's answer for fear. Put God first in everything. Trust God in everything, especially for the things that you can't handle, for, for, the, for the questions for which you don't have a natural answer, or for the, the questions for which the, the human answer tends to freak you out a little bit, okay? Because all these things will be added unto you. And then, do this. Take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. Here's what it tells us in Matthew. It says, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care, uh, tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Just, God says this, take it one day at a time. So how about this? How about today you say this? God, I give today to you. God, I give today to you. Any joys, any sorrows, any blessings, any challenges. God, I, I give the day to you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And by the way, God, tomorrow, I look forward to meeting you again and having this same conversation. Because God, here's all I'm gonna do. Tomorrow, I'm gonna say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Knowing that you never leave me, knowing that you never forsake me, knowing that you've already given me everything that I need for life and godliness, knowing that you are my provider, knowing that you are my healer, knowing that you are my comfort, knowing that you are my strength, knowing that you are my guide. 
So, so why shouldn't we give in to fear? Because we learn this from the children of Israel stepping from Egypt into the promised land. It makes us sarcastic. Fear causes us to shirk responsibility. Causes us to be stubborn and short-sighted. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 that it's un- fear is unreasonable, that it's unnatural, it's unhelpful, it's unhealthy, it's unnecessary. He says, listen, I, I, I'm going to give you an answer to fear. I'm going to give you a, a biblical antidote to fear. And that is this. Put me first in everything. Trust me. Lean into me for the things that you don't understand or, or the things that you think you understand that create pressure point for you, create fear for you. And then take life one day at a time. This thing of fear and getting a handle on fear, it's very important. It's very important, number one, because God wants you to live in joy. And he wants you to be confident of his promises. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. And he, and he keeps each and every one of them. It's important, number two, and especially as we, as we find ourselves approaching the Easter season, and, and we're in the middle of this series called Hooked here at Calvary, and it's important as we approach the Easter season because we know that we're called to be salt and light. And it's, it's, it's in moments of, of heightened awareness, it's in moments of heightened anxiety, it's in moments of stress that our testimony has the potential to shine the brightest. So your coworkers... How will they see you as a person of faith responding to all that is COVID-19? Your customers, how will they see you responding to the hysteria that is the coronavirus? Your neighbors, your friends, your family members who have yet to say yes to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This really is a huge opportunity for the church to to demonstrate a healthy witness. Because as they see us operating in faith and wisdom, and by the way, faith and wisdom always go hand in hand. As, As the people around us see us operating in faith and wisdom, God can use what is even a a crisis moment in our culture to help people connect with him in a big way. In fact, as it relates to this issue of anxiety, I love what Paul writes uh, to Timothy. And he writes this in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that's within you. And so, you know, my big prayer for you over this next few weeks as, as we navigate uh, all that is uh, this pandemic and, and this moment of challenge and Quite honestly, in my opinion, this moment of hysteria um, in, our, in our world today. My prayer for you is not only will you not operate in fear, but my, my prayer for you as the, is that you will fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. And make no mistake, the presence of the living God is within you. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, it will energize you for everything that you have, for every opportunity that's in front of you and every challenge that you will face. 
So that's my, 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 my prayer. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit of God does not give us a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity. But instead, what it does, it gives us a spirit of, of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. I can't think of anything that we need more in a moment like this. A spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. He then goes on to say this, so don't be afraid to witness. It won't be long and Easter will be here. And we're believing God for 3,000 people. 3,000 people? I'm asking God personally for, at Calvary, for a thousand first-time decisions for Christ this Easter. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that COVID-19 could be the very thing that God will use to fill his house this Easter. As, as, the, as the community responds as the community sees God show up in a big way. This has the opportunity to be our finest hour. But as you walk through these days, as you walk through these hours, don't allow yourself to be a slave to fear. Recognize what that does to you. Don't allow yourself to be gripped by anxiety Recognize what Jesus said about the useless nature of fear anxiety. And instead, embrace, embrace this faith plan that God has given. That we put him first. That we trust him in the things that we can't handle. And we just take it one day at a time. Fanning into a flame the gift that's within us. Because he's not given us a spirit of fear. Instead, power. Love, self-discipline, power, love, sound mind. So do not be afraid to witness. Especially in a time of, in a time of social distancing, distancing. You know, they're, they're encouraging social distancing. We are by nature, God made us to be connected individuals. God made us to operate in relationship. So even in this season where we see social distancing, you know what people are going to be craving? Because it's natural. They're going to be craving interaction. And we who have the mind of Christ and are operating in his peace and are messengers of his hope, wow, we've got an incredible message for our coworkers, our classmates, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our city, our world. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.